and with your spirit. Glory to you, O Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's power in a name, right? Names can actually activate an involuntary reflex in our bodies. You're in a crowd, somebody calls your name, can't help it, or you have to work hard to not do it, right? So there is great power in a name. And hearing your name called gently in a crowd, hey, hey, PJ, PJ, is way different than Patrick John McManus Jr., you get your, yeah, right? But the name bears power. Names bear so much power that, that some names are seldom, if ever, said. Jeremiah is so hacked off at God in the first reading that he can't help himself. He's, I'm not going to say your name no more. I, I promise I'm never going to say your name no more. I can't help but say the name. Now, of course, the name that Jeremiah is saying is not the name given by God to Moses. That was only said once a year, whispered into the darkness in the holiest of places because the name meant so much. It's why in the church we pray for reverence of the name. We did that at the beginning of Mass, if you missed it. God of might, giver of every good gift, pour into our hearts the love of your name. So strange, isn't it? That in here, 
the name of the Lord is treated with such care and respect, we literally bow our heads at the saying of the name, and yet the moment I step out the door and stub my toe, I am tempted to say all kinds of things. And you'd never do this with anybody else, right? You wouldn't stub your toe and say your wife's name or your kid's name. You see the power that names have, right? Think about your favorite TV show. Say the name. Your corners of your mouth lift up. You can't help it. Or when we're in love, the name of the person, it it feels different in our mouth than that same name meant before. Hearing our name said by someone whom we love, whether it's a spouse or a kid or a parent, it matters. Names carry great power, which is why the name of the Lord Jesus is meant to be treated with such respect. People come in, they confess taking the Lord's name in vain, start taking it on purpose. It gets real hard to use the Lord's name as profanity when you're bobbing your head all the time. But that's why we came up with it, right? It, it habituates us and focuses us to the power present in the name. Our own names carry great power too. I had an experience of that myself this week. On Wednesday, uh, I got a call from my sister and she said, I'm sorry to bother you because she starts every conversation with an apology. But Sean died. Now, Sean was her husband for 17 years. They divorced several years ago, which was part of that strange confluence of events that ultimately uh, meant me arriving here with all of you. He, um, he died very unexpectedly. So, of course, we were shocked. He's the father of my niece, Ellie, and so, so we as a family have been grieving these last few days, and I'll be heading to Washington for the funeral later this week. But, but when she said the name, Sean, it immediately stirred up all kinds of feelings. I remember the day that I met Sean. It was in September of 95. I know that because I looked it up. I remember it because it was the night The X-Files premiered. And I was already a very committed nerd at 12. And so, so I, I was sitting in the living room and you had to like, the front door opened by the living room. I was very annoyed at the new boyfriend interrupting my new show. But he treated me different than the other boyfriends had. He could see he wasn't gonna land this ship if he didn't get the little brother on board. So rather than ignore me or patronize me, he sat down and watched the show with me. They delayed their date by a whole hour just so that he could hang out with me. He was my greatest advocate and mentor um, when I was in high school and college and especially discerning priesthood. He was my biggest cheerleader and advocate for my vocation, uh, even when some of the rest of the family wasn't, even when at times I wasn't. And yet, when they divorced, uh, a lot of things were said, a lot of feelings were hurt. For a while, I did find myself avoiding saying his name, because the name conjured up the person and all the feelings that I associated with the person. I'm sure it was probably the same on the other side, too. Then, last Christmas, he and his new wife and their little boy showed up here at Mass. 
drove all the way from Washington, not just for me, also for my niece, obviously, but... And his name meant something different after that. There was a kind of reconciliation. The feelings, the associations, when the name was said, they weren't all the same. But all that changed, and that visit last Christmas came to mean so much more on Wednesday afternoon. Power being born in a name. There are three names that appear in today's gospel. Three, three person names and one place name. But the persons who are mentioned are Jesus, Peter, and Satan. Even to say that name in church of all places where you know you should be saved gives you the willies a little bit, doesn't it? And don't you thrill a little bit every time there's a baptism? And I say to you, do you reject Satan? And you say, I do. And all his works, I do. And all is empty show, and it like escalates each time. In the ancient church, uh, when we make the promises, we'd be facing west, out of doors. Do you reject Satan? I do. And then spit. <clears throat> spit the devil in the eye. But that name has power, right? It evokes a response in us, naturally. And yet Jesus uses that name for the one that he's just made the head of the church. This passage is following right on from last week. So if you were mass last week, right? You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. How can one and the same live in the same person? You ever had a conversation where you found yourself as good as St. Peter and as wicked as the devil? I did Friday morning with the musicians before mass. There's more than just personal inconsistency going on here, which is the reason that Jesus is so strong in his rebuke. What did Peter do to merit this kind of rejection? Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, another name that carries power, and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, literally to bind him. So a week ago, Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So Peter takes his newfound authority and tries to use it back on Jesus. God forbid, Lord. No such thing should ever happen to you. Get behind me, Satan. Now that name, Satan, literally means scatterer, divider. The shaitan would be the one who would break a contract so you could only find half of it or or go into the field after you'd planted it and move all the seeds about so that they wouldn't grow. Satan's the one who separates us not only from each other, but from ourselves. Monday was the feast of St. Augustine, and St. Augustine begins one of his most important pieces by saying, the first reason you've come to the church 
is to be of one heart and one mind on the way to God. One heart, one mind. That doesn't mean you getting along with the person next to you. This is before that. To be single-minded. Single-hearted. And when we are, then our names acquire new power. For the saints of God, Peter among them, the saints of God are those who have drawn so close that they share in his power. There's a certain kind of Protestant argument around our relationship to the saints that basically says, well, you guys just like Christianized Roman, Roman gods and made them into your saints. The Pantheon, literally. Like we took down their statues and put up the statues of our saints. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes the people um, who are like technically wrong do intuit something more right than we do. That is actually very close to correct. And in fact, the book of Revelation plays with the saints of God having sort of taken on the roles that the ancient angels who are now fallen once occupied. Once you go into ooky spooky land as a priest and you wind up having to do like deliverance and exorcism stuff, names matter. The demons tremble at the name of Mary. They fall before the name of Jesus. See, your name can someday have power far beyond whether somebody liked you or didn't like you. Whether somebody had generally good feelings about you or bad feelings about you, your name can bear with it, in it, through it, the power of God himself. Of course, that depends on you.